Hi, I'm Anne Therese and welcome to my podcast, Hey Change. I'm here to bring you inspiring guests and new ideas on how we can invite positive change into our lives. Why? Because I want us to find new ways of how we can live our days in more sustainable, healthy and compassionate ways. So with that said, are you ready to jump on board the way of change? radical listening and what's really up with the world and Donald Trump? Is there something wrong with our electricity and is natural gas actually not a good thing? Why can't we trust what we're being told and how can we help save the planet by slowing down and implement self-care? I'm super excited to share this episode with Robert Friedman as we dive into a lot of interesting topics and reveal a few hidden truths. I left his office in Manhattan feeling empowered and ready to get out there and fight. And I can only hope that you will feel the same 30 minutes from now. So who is Rob? Well, Rob Friedman is a New York-based young man who fights for climate and environmental justice at the Natural Resources Defense Council, also called NRDC, where he, among other things, fights against fossil fuel infrastructure and advocates for safe drinking water. Before NRDC, Friedman worked on water equality enforcement and community engagement at Riverkeeper in New York's Hudson Valley. He holds a degree in environmental policy from Bates College and is a trained organizational behavior coach through the Academy of Coaching Excellence. I had the honor of listening to Rob speak at a panel in Brooklyn recently, and since I loved everything he had to say, I just knew I had to find him afterwards and invite him as a guest on Hate Change. And luckily, for both of us, He said yes. So tune in to learn a few crazy facts you may not even want to know and listen to what the fossil fuel battler Rob thinks about change. Okay, I think we're ready. Cool. Had a little bit of setup issues today, but here we are in Manhattan on the 20th Street. Chelsea? Yep. Is this Chelsea? This is Chelsea. I always have a hard time knowing exactly where the borders go. Yeah. But we're talking to Rob. That's how you want to say it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to start off saying, because I'm so excited. I walked in, as always, with my weird mittens on. And I'm apologizing for my fashion statement and saying this is, you know, just me being allergic to electricity. And I can't actually, I can't hold my phone or use my computer without them. And he's like, oh, I know. My mom is the same way. I'm like, finally, someone yeah. who understands me. <laughs> Can you just shortly, to my audience, describe this is an actual thing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, About uh, seven years ago, I got a phone call from uh, my dad. Uh, I was actually in East Africa at the time, in Tanzania, and uh, my dad shared with me that um, my mom was allergic to electricity, and that when I came home, uh, things would be very different. We wouldn't mm. have Wi-Fi. We wouldn't have all of these things. No cell phones in the house. Um, that was drastic. So yeah. how, how did she figure it out, though? Uh, she had... I mean, she basically figured out on accident there was a triggering event that she experienced related to a wireless utility meter. Okay. Um, and there was a lightning storm, and she essentially got knocked on the floor. Oh, wow. Uh, sitting... Uh, next to this wireless utility meter and started to experience headaches and other symptoms and um, 
was actually talking to uh, our electrician and he asked if we had had a wireless utility meter installed recently and um, that's when she started to put the pieces together hmm. and seven years later miraculously um, she's uh, she's an advocate she's working on um, energy policy reform uh, in New York and also nationally yeah. uh, so that other people that experience this can actually um, live in peace and know that it's not just them yeah I have not, not me- met anyone else every time really? I share this story it's like wow I've never heard of that before yeah. so what happens to me I'm just if I'm holding a phone or something my hands get rashed mm-hmm. and then also I am experiencing more stress and like um, mm-hmm. I find it hard to sleep in the city and we were saying like where there's Wi-Fi in every apartment and yep. in, in every coffee shop and it's just a network of this radiation going on all the time. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like if this is something that just me and your mom and some, like other people with the same syndrome are experiencing or mm-hmm. if maybe everyone is having a little bit of it we don't realize it though. Yeah, I think that's I right. Know. I think, um, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people coming forward saying that they have these sensitivity issues or they're allergic and are consistently told that they have no idea what they're talking about. Mm. And we see this in environmental uh, contamination around the world where uh, you look at um, what was happening in uh, the 50s, 60s, and 70s with pesticides where people, particularly um, uh, women were coming forward saying that they were getting sick mm-hmm. um, as a result of the use of pesticides and doctors and corporations and government told them you're crazy yeah and um, I wonder if this if there's only ignorance or it's more that it's actually backed up by econ- like an economy yeah I mean I mean the, the electronic of system of like today's society is mm-hmm. built up by companies and corporations that need to make that money and yeah. of course we don't need people who are allergic to it and, totally. you know putting um, just scaring people like mm-hmm. you know putting that uh, yeah. anxiety it's not, out there yeah I mean it, it's not I don't, I don't know that it's just electricity. I think mm-hmm. that there's actually, um, my mom refers to it as like dirty and clean electricity. The electricity that is apparently being produced and um, sent out through the grid right now um, is not compatible with our nervous systems. Oh, okay. And certain people have more or less compatibility uh, with uh, based on their nervous system because we're all different. But... Um, the tendency to invalidate other people's experiences is mm. something that I find very disturbing. I think I need to today. talk to your mom more. Too. Yeah, definitely. I'll, <laughs> I I'll connect you. I'll Thank connect you. you. Yeah, you got it. All right, that's not what we're here to talk about. Sure. I just wanted to cover it real quickly. Yeah. And actually, before we tap into today's interview, mm-hmm. I want to know something very important. Sure. If you were to be a spice, which one would you be and why? Great. Um, I would be turmeric. Uh, for its healing properties, uh, it's an anti-inflammatory, um, and I think it tastes delicious. And mm-hmm. you can put it on anything, and it just brings out flavors that um, weren't otherwise to be tasted. I love turmeric. Yeah, I happen to just put in everything. Like, does it really go with turmeric? Of yeah. course, it goes with turmeric. Yeah, just put you, it on there. You can really put it with anything. So great. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So, um, tell us what you think is the coolest thing about yourself. The coolest thing about myself, um, it's such an interesting question. Um, well, 
I grew up in a place. This isn't that cool. This is gonna be lame. It's probably gonna be super cool. <laughs> you never know what other people are gonna think about. Right. The things you think are just like lame. Right. Right. Well. I've been able, I think the cool, one of the coolest things about me is that I've been able to incorporate a lot of my upbringing into the work that I'm doing today, a uh, sense of place. Uh, I grew up just north of New York City mm -hmm. um, in, uh, in the Hudson Valley, and uh, I think I learned um, I mean, most of what I know today from hiking in the Catskills, hiking uh, and paddling in, in rivers. Um, throughout the Hudson Valley in the Northeast and um, it's just it's it's amazing to reflect on my upbringing and even when I was five years old going to public hearings with my mom fighting pesticides mm -hmm. uh, in our town and thinking about how I'm still continuing to do this work today you're like working in midtown Manhattan like exactly. in the middle of like the most like as far away from nature as you can possibly think of. Definitely. And I I got the sense of I came up with this often like oh it's like a piece of nature in the middle mm. of you know this concrete because yeah. that's the vibe I get in here and yeah. I just love this office in general. Sure. Yeah. So um just tapping into NRDC which sure. stands for the Natural Resources Defense Council. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um so what are some things you do here? Sure. So um, we're an international environmental policy nonprofit. Um, so we work around the world fighting uh, to address climate change. Um, a lot of NRDC is made up of attorneys, so we sue polluters, governments. Um, right now, suing the Trump administration. You're suing them endlessly. Oh yeah, um, I'm not actually an attorney. I'm an mm -hmm. advocate. So um, uh, what I do is I. Uh, advocate for um, policies mm -hmm. to keep fossil fuels in the ground uh, and I focus mainly in the Northeast uh, fighting pipelines fighting uh, fossil fuel infrastructure that's being built out and working with community-based organizations because cool. um, it's important to have alignment between uh, various parts of the environmental movement mm -hmm. so NRDC working with grassroots folks working with indigenous allies working with um, communities of color, low-income communities. Because we're all coming together today, you yeah. know? It's like we really need to just realize this is our planet. Yeah. No matter, you know, ethnicity or mm -hmm. country or anything, like yep. this is our planet. Yeah. So for anyone who may not be updated on what's going on in this country with the Trump, you know, mm -hmm. um, crazy, exactly. I didn't even know a word for it. Yeah. Um, with the pipelines and stuff, just a short like recap. What are you fighting on that end? Sure. Well, I'm actually working mostly locally um, right now, although I've had the opportunity to work a bit on the Keystone XL pipeline and the Dakota Access pipeline fights. Um, those are two major He just wants oil to projects. implement like big oil projects. Yeah, know. and build out infrastructure throughout the United States, um, both tar sands, crude oil. Um, and I mean, this is really dangerous stuff. It's not... Uh, it, it, you're actually, at least in the case of the Dakota Access Pipeline, the way that the oil is being extracted is through fracking uh, for oil. And then natural gas fracking is something that we're fighting a lot over okay. here in the Northeast. So I think most people might think that natural gas is a good thing. Yeah, it's, uh, it's dangerous stuff. Um, I mean, not you have emissions that are issues um, from methane, mm -hmm. uh, which is a potent greenhouse gas, more potent than carbon dioxide. Um, 
but you also have water contamination issues because you're pumping contaminant you're pumping chemical laced water into mm-hmm. the ground to shatter rock to shatter shale to extract gas and um, it's making people sick so the natural gas industry has done an amazing job of convincing the public that natural gas is clean and safe uh, it's really dangerous See, that's why I get so frustrated sometimes because I come from a background with marketing mm-hmm. and I know what the right campaign and the right marketing and yep. the right packages can do to people totally. to make them think they're doing good conscious decisions. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I'm a little bit fed up about the whole agriculture and food industry because mm-hmm. they put like, oh, it's grass-fed yep. organic beef. But yep. if you think at it from an environmental, environmental mm-hmm. perspective, organic meat is actually worse for the environment because mm-hmm. those cows live longer, they mm-hmm. produce more methane, so in the long run it's not sustainable to like, oh, everyone should eat grass-fed organic beef. Right. You know, I happen to be vegan, so of course mm-hmm. I am an advocate for the other side. Right. It's just that, you know, it's and the same thing with like, oh, cage-free eggs. Mm-hmm. But then in order for them to put cage-free on a package, mm-hmm. like it's, the limits are so low. Right. They may have like a tiny hole in the end of a big warehouse, but mm-hmm. it could go out if they wanted to. Right. So it's just like we have to remember as consumers, I think, to always question mm-hmm. what we told. Right. Like, Oh, it sounds great with natural gas, but you're saying it's mm-hmm. actually dangerous, but they're not portraying that truth to mm-hmm. society. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing that in almost every industry right now, and um, I, I'm, I'm a total idealist, mm-hmm. and so sometimes I reflect on what would it be like if all of us started just telling the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just fundamentally have a different world, a yeah. more sustainable, more just world, um, but we... Uh, I think the entire premise of marketing something is starting from a place of people aren't going to want this unless we convince them that they want it. Exactly. And uh, I have issues with that when I think about the fact that people are suffering as a result. Mm. I mean, it's not just um, the emissions that are a problem with natural gas, uh, the leakage of methane. It's also, you have like, not that far from here, like two hours from here, you have children that are that have chronic bloody noses as a result of oh, really? exposure to um, dangerous fracking chemicals you have uh, people living with really rare gut cancers mm-hmm. and are you they can't not market making, your way out of that no are they not making the connections or are they just like quieting it down yeah well it's actually i think similar to the whole electricity allergy mm-hmm. thing it's that there hasn't been uh, like enough so-called science uh, to prove a link, although mm. there's a lot. I mean, proving causation for environmental contamination is extremely difficult. The barrier uh, to prove causation is is really, really high. I mean, it's almost too high, I think. Mm. And um, that's dangerous because yeah. you have people that are uh, living with contamination and um, you know their own governments are denying them uh, health solutions and, and right. health and prosperity yeah. and it's and I think really devastating it's it's the same with the whole like global warming movement and mm-hmm. people are like I mean I think today everyone who says like it's not happening they're just like living in some kind of denial mm-hmm. but anyways it's like well it's in the future or we have to fight for our future I don't real I don't think people realize this is not about the future anymore yeah. we already have refugees mm-hmm. on this planet who yep. have to escape their homes yep. due to global warming mm-hmm. and it's not just affecting the, our trees and our birds and whatever people are like oh you know I don't care about the animals some may say that or think that way 
Yeah. It's the people too. It's us. Yep. And it's gonna affect us. And we have you know wars. They're, they're gonna be climate wars. Oh yeah. Very Water soon. Wars. Water. And so, what do you think of like from a consumer perspective? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think is our duty to do? Um, not putting heavy loads on people, but just sure. like how can we be more aware or conscious? Yeah. Well, I, I think of this in terms of um, ripple effects. Like every single individual person's actions have impacts elsewhere, mm. uh, whether locally in their community or elsewhere in the world. And I think that um, we're in a moment right now of needing to recognize, and this is not being recognized, but endless consumption is mm. not a solution. Um, given the various constraints that we're experiencing, whether it's biodiversity loss, um, sea level rise as a result of climate change, all of these impacts uh, are going to make it so that our quality of life is actually going to lessen. Mm-hmm. Like w- this, you know, crazy future where like everyone is super wealthy and has access to everything. I, I don't think that that's, it's just not sustainable. No. And we almost need a wake up call to live within our means in a way, of course we need to redistribute wealth majorly. I mean, mm-hmm. that's so needed, but um, the, the consumption that's happening right now is completely unsustainable and it's extractive. So like we're actually stealing resources from parts of the world for consumer benefit. Yeah. And yet we're all a part of it. We all a part of it. You and I have... <laughs> I know. I'm like, no one's perfect. Yeah, no think, one is perfect. I think that's important to yeah. remember because yeah. it's easy to, for anyone to think, oh no, I'm such a huge part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad even trying to make a difference because mm-hmm. who am I to think I can make a difference? Right. But you can make a difference. No, like absolutely. Tiny, tiny ch- like differences in your everyday life mm-hmm. will, first of all, inspire others. Yep plant seeds and mm-hmm. be like, wait, what, what is she doing? Like, what's she, she bringing your own spoon and not using a plastic spoon? Right. Right. You know, just small thing like that or shopping or being, like asking questions yeah. have so much power. Mm-hmm. And once we start planting those tiny seeds, it's mm-hmm. gonna just like grow. Yeah. And it will, a shift will happen. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the shift is inevitable. Yeah. There's an amazing um, philosopher and writer, Joanna Macy, I recommend your listeners check out but she refers to it as the great turning like this great turning is already happening Mm -hmm. but there's uh, an unraveling that has to happen first and I think we're in the midst right now of an unraveling where people are starting to ask questions starting to kind of challenge the assumptions that they were raised with and um, that facilitates the breakthrough Mm. I mean I think about the election of Donald Trump like it's almost the last gasp of fascism hopefully yeah like, in the world what are we doing yeah like, but we need but, to wake up yeah. but look but look at all the people that are waking up as yeah, a result all the of marches this just be going on the marches but and also like the uh, radical action i mean it's uh i think people are escalating in a way right now that they've never i mean we haven't seen for quite some time right. and we even said because we met on monday night yeah. at this event down by the north brooklyn farm which mm-hmm. is a gorgeous place in mm-hmm. brooklyn overlooking manhattan 
and it was an event hosted by Deed, which mm-hmm. is an app for volunteering mm-hmm. in itself, which is awesome. Anyways, it was uh, an event about climate change, and you were in the panel, so that's mm-hmm. how I reached out afterwards. I'm like, hey, we talk. Yeah. But we said that this group of people who came to this event were like the hippest, coolest people like I've seen in the same space yeah. for a long time. Yeah. I looked around, and I'm like, are these all models? Right. Like working <laughs> in the highest... It was yeah. just that kind of crowd, right? It was. And the entire night started with a group meditation. Mm-hmm. So we all closed our eyes for like what 10 or 15 minutes yeah. and this girl guided a meditation and we're talking mm-hmm. about embracing you know earth and every, I'm like sitting there thinking 10 years ago this would be the most hippiest thing mm-hmm. anyone would ever do but today it's like it's the shift has already happened yeah we are starting to look at the world from a different yeah. set of eyes we need that I mean mm-hmm. it, the the need to slow down right now is I mean it's in a moment of political incoherence like what we're experiencing right now like self-care is paramount Mm. and we don't focus on it enough especially in the work that I do I mean everyone's sprinting and you burn out so quickly um, which is just not sustainable no it's not if we're not taking care of our own bodies then we certainly can't do the work that we're here to do exactly and I think um, that it's easy to forget to Mm -hmm. start with ourselves and build ourselves up first and then you can really go out there and be powerful and help the world and help people and work for something good yeah definitely so you're saying what's your advice in taking care of yourself Hmm. I mean the biggest piece of advice I have is just slow down Um, you know whether it's through meditation through if it's just even taking a walk if you're in a city Mm -hmm. walking around the block and just putting your phone away Mm -hmm. going out without your phone and just observing the world around you smiling at other people yes um, I mean, don't be a creep on the street, but you know it's not a creepy thing to smile. I mean, <laughs> no, maybe important. it is, but if it is, then do it yeah, anyway. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think the need is so clear right now that um, everything is accelerating. Mm-hmm. You know, our rate of consumption of news, our consumption of resources is accelerating, and slowing down is such a radical act of self-care, of kindness, and their ripple effects. You know, mm-hmm. other people feel that. When I'm on the subway, for example, I hate riding the subway. I think it's just dreadful. Um, Especially in the summertime when it's so exactly. humid it's and so you like humid. packed like fish in the, a little box. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. But even just someone smiling at me mm. or me smiling at someone, it, it just has this like chain of chain effect. And um, we need to be doing more of that right now. To see each other. I yeah, think. exactly. And like actually bear witness to each other. Right. And also, I think, because you say, like, there's so many news, and I'm trying to be very careful with what I'm consuming, Mm -hmm. because we are being fed what other people want to tell us, back to the whole marketing thing, you know? And if you keep, like, always just putting our focus on what other people are saying, Mm -hmm. we never hear our own voice. Like, what do I Mm -hmm. want? What does really feel right? You know, I know they're telling me to do this, but... Mm -hmm. If I were to look at it from my own perspective, does yeah. it feel right to do this? Yeah. So I think that's... I love that. Like, well said. Yeah, like, slow down, mm-hmm. and then we can come out as individuals mm-hmm. and say, who am I in this? Yeah. Where's my standpoint? Yeah. One thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently um, is uh, radical listening. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, this is not complicated at all, but I was raised as a white, cisgendered male to like I mean believe in a lot of ways that if I speak people should be listening mm-hmm. at all times and so I'm always talking I'm an extrovert always talking 
But um, I've been engaging in this process recently of using my ears more instead of my mouth. And Powerful. it's amazing. Mm. Like, I mean, I'm, I feel it, it's like I've developed a sixth sense, but I haven't. It, I've always had it. It's just that I've uh, underused it. Listening is just so profoundly important. And, uh, and to actually listen. Because yeah. I think sometimes you listen, but you're mm-hmm. not listening to yeah. what the person is actually saying. Yeah. In a, in a position where you understand where it's coming from. Because mm-hmm. I think we, like most of the time we listen to come up with an answer. Yep. So as you're listening to someone else, yeah. you're like preparing, what, what should What's I say next? next? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. And in part of that actually is accepting that silence is okay. Mm, I know. <laughs> and getting comfortable with silence. I don't know if it's an American thing, but Americans hate silence. (laughs) I don't think it's an American thing either. I'm trying to think. I don't think Swedes like silence either. It's, um, well, maybe somewhere up north or people just don't have neighbors. But (laughs) (laughs) no offense to northern Swedes. But I've learned, I've heard recently, or if I read it, I don't remember. But we can't be bored. We don't know to be bored anymore. Like Mm -hmm. how are, even like uh, imagine that you're waiting for a flight or a train and it's delayed for two minutes. Mm -hmm. We cannot just stand yeah. for two minutes and wait for train to get there. Yep. Like, where's my phone? Do right. I have music in my ears? Right. Like, um, like, we need something to fiddle with. Mm-hmm. It's it's insane, mm-hmm. you know. And imagine what that's doing to us. Like, yep. of course we're stressed out all the time. We can't yep. be bored for two minutes. Yep. And for listeners, I'm playing with a fidget spinner. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a thing that's very popular in New York right now. They're being yeah. sold everywhere in the streets. It's basically just a spinning thing. It's just a spinning. And they doodle. say that it's it's good for stress. Yeah. And I think it's true. Yeah. Uh, I might get one. But I, but it, it, again, to the fidgeting thing, like you're absolutely right. We're, we're not present. I mean, consistently. And the only way I think that we're going to win in this work for sustainability, for justice, for environmental justice, climate justice is actually um, to be present. Mm. Um, to be present to it all. And a lot of it is dark. I mean, mm. it's, we're in a dark moment right now, but... If we're not present to it, then um, we're not actually listening to what I think the planet, the earth, right. uh, and our communities are telling us. And I think just an advice to myself, actually, because yeah. I've always been a hard worker to extend where it's mm-hmm. too much. And to anyone listening, definitely fight for the right things and be a hard worker and yeah. you know show that you're doing a great thing. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing, take a step back yeah. and value that time where you may be like, you know what? I need an hour. Mm-hmm. I'll go for a walk. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bring my phone. Yeah. This is me time. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Um, so since you say it's a dark time, I want to ask two more questions sure. about that. Sure. I just learned that night, mm-hmm. this is insane, but every day in the United States, we use 500 million straws mm-hmm. every day. No. To me, that's just, I don't even want to know that fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there any other crazy fact like that that you could share with us right now? Yeah. Um, I'm going to share two, if that's okay. Okay, absolutely. Um, the last, and people have probably heard this fact before, but uh, it, I've been thinking, of, thinking about it a lot recently. The last uh, three years were the hottest on record since we started actually tracking temperature. Oh my God. Globally. Okay. Mm-hmm. The global average is higher than uh, in the last three years. It, each subsequent year is hotter and hotter. And that's terrifying. It's terrifying. I, now, we don't know if next year is going to be the hottest. Um, but it's The trend is showing. The trend it's is showing, showing that we have a serious problem. And there are all of these 
feedback loops that uh, occur as a result of that warming, whether it's ice caps melting, uh, extreme drought, weather events, monsoons, all these different things. We've kind of, we're facilitating our own terrible uh, science experiment mm. with the entire world. Um, the other fact that I just find completely astounding is by, I think it's by 2050, there will be 250 million refugees in the world, people displaced by conflict. Um, and a lot of that conflict is climate induced. It's uh, related to um, related to droughts, which means uh, shortages of, of food supplies. Mm. And um, I mean, you look at the refugee crisis that we're experiencing right now. I was going to say that. Yeah, and the increase in xenophobia mm. that's actually occurring where people, I mean, real racism uh, and fear is coming out. Um, and we think it's bad right now. I mean, people drowning off the shore of, of Greece and, um, you know, in the Mediterranean, it's devastating. And we think it's bad now. And Just it's only going to continue to get worse and I think we need to reach deep down inside of us and recognize that like our neighbors ourselves may be a part of that in one way or another or our friends and relatives abroad I mean it's um this is a come to human moment I think like and stop thinking of us and them us and them you know we don't want them in our country yeah we are all part of this planet and we are all like part of the problem yeah so Definitely. let's all be part of the solution. Yeah. And some of us are, I think, more of a problem than others, actually. Yeah, I'll well, say that. Most definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, the, the fossil fuel companies in this country and around the world have really, um, they, the executives there won't live to see the full impacts, mm-hmm. but my children will. I don't mm-hmm. have kids yet, but, you know, one day, if and when I do, my children will be living with the impacts and that's a haunting thought it's a haunting thought it's also a hopeful thought in one way or another because um they're gonna have the opportunity to continue this mm. fight and this work but um it, we're in a weird moment right now we are so i just wanted to shift it because i know yeah. no action shift comes away. no action comes from fear or mm-hmm. negativity so we need to find some spark in all of this yeah so give us something positive anything sure. that you want to share so we can like take this with us and like go into the day yeah well, I mean, one big ray of light for me is that um, since the Trump administration came into office, uh, NRDC has sued them 21, 22 times. Um, and things are already <laughs> already shifting as a result of those, mm-hmm. those lawsuits. So I say that just to suggest that like uh, Trump and like the bad people in the world that are uh, doing terrible things to our communities like they don't rule by fiat like there are ways to actually hold them accountable mm-hmm. and to drive positive change I look at the local level last night or two nights ago we received amazing news that um, we passed legislation through the New York State Legislature um, to block a proposed a proposal to install oil barges in the Hudson River um, that would expand the use of uh, crude oil. And I think about driving change at a local level and there are communities rising up around the country, around the world right now saying like, enough is enough. Like we've relied on fossil fuels for 
a certain amount of time and we need to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that gives been good, me a lot of thank hope. You. Yeah. 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 I mean, just don't just accept that things are bad and don't yeah. just sit around and talk like, oh, things are awful right now. Yeah. No one's doing anything. Well, do something then. Yeah, you know? it's, exactly. And it's, I think it comes with a powerful feeling mm-hmm. to feel like no matter how small the thing mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm at least doing something. Yeah. And so. grab your friends. I mean, the, the, I, I, I think of my work as often being inherently isolating. Mm-hmm. Like there are times where I'm just like, I'm lonely, like in this work. And then I think about all the people around me, whether it's my colleagues, my, my partner, like all of my friends, they're ready to rock. Like mm-hmm. they're ready to go out and do stuff. It's just that there needs to be a spark. And they may so, not know exactly what to do. Exactly. So be that one is like, oh, I did some research. This is what we can do in our community. Actually, exactly. tomorrow this event is going on. Let's exactly. all go. Yeah. It can turn into a party. Exactly. Have fun about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the advice people always ask me, like, what can I do? And mm-hmm. my biggest piece of advice is become best friends with your local elected officials. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so important. No matter where you live in the world, um, your elected officials are accountable to you. Uh, sometimes they forget that and uh, we need to be consistently reminding them of that fact so go into your city council person's office and say like I want to talk about X Y and Z issue and bring 10 of your friends Mm -hmm. a lot of our elected officials are not hearing from their constituents particularly young people they're just not hearing from younger folks and so we have that opportunity right also run for office like we yeah. need more young people running for office definitely we're changing the world we are awesome yeah. okay so just to wrap it up sure uh i want to finish off with my final three yep are you ready <laughs> i am okay good <laughs> i think uh so why is change important change is important because it's inevitable um things are always changing uh the most powerful piece of that is that we actually have the ability to change the course of change and to actually shift things. Um, I, I like to think of this in, in terms of uh, ecology and like the natural world. And the natural world is constantly shifting as a result of different stimuli, different things happening, whether it's increased rainfall, uh, decreased temperature, Change is inevitable. It's just what what is it that you do with that, and how it is that you harness it. So, um, I, I don't know that change is important as much as it is just inevitable. a thing that's happening. Um, so, why then do you think it actually is hard for people to change? And mm. what is one advice you would like to give yeah. to someone who's trying to? Change is difficult because we get stuck, mm. and it's not actually that we're physically stuck. Um, very few people have had the experience of being stuck in quicksand. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that we convince ourselves of things that are happening that aren't actually happening. We convince ourselves that things are hard when they're actually not. It's just we haven't figured out our immediate next step. Mm. And so maybe that's excuses. Oh, it's excuses. Mm-hmm. It's assumptions. It's conclusions about how the world works. My piece of advice, again related to what we were talking about earlier, is slow down and think about what is my immediate next step to drive this change towards this goal that I have. Mm. Be very specific about your goals, but um, really break it down into your next most elegant step. Tiny steps. Tiny steps. I mean, all of this work, no matter what it is that you're doing, is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm -hmm. Like, change does not occur in a sprint. Uh, 
when I'm sprinting, I get really sloppy. Mm -hmm. So, but when I think about it in terms of, okay, what's my goal? Mm -hmm. What are the little things that I can be doing in service of that goal? It becomes so much more simple. Right. And Not I mean, easy, but simple. And, but, but, and trying to maybe enjoy that journey to oh, the yeah. marathon. Right? Exactly. I mean, the journey is so important. Yeah. You learn so much more in the journey than you do with the outcome. Mm -hmm. If I there mean, even is an outcome. If there is an gonna outcome. It's going to be a new outcome. Exactly. And then you just keep going. Exactly. Thank you for that great answer. Yeah. Um, so final one. Yeah. This is about my own word. Sure. It's called retruthing. Mm -hmm. Basically, because I was lacking a word like this. I was mm -hmm. like, well, there are so many things that I've lived by. Like you said, that oh, change is hard. Yeah. Or um, when I first when I first got vegan, it was mm -hmm. like vegan is you know it's expensive and yeah. I'm not gonna get enough nutrition. So I wanted to retruth old things, old ways of thinking and behaving, mm -hmm. and just shift that truth so we can live out of the new truth and right. then see the world from a new perspective and live happier lives. I love that. Okay, so now you get the whole understanding of my yeah. word. All yeah. right. So if you were to retruth something right now, what mm -hmm. would that be? Well, it's kind of borrowing from your earlier question, but that change is hard. I want to retruth that majorly. Uh, <laughs> I think that we need to completely rethink how it is that change occurs in history. I mean, if you look at any movement around the world, uh, change occurred very slowly, but very intentionally and almost accidentally. Things happen accidentally and You can manifest things um, that you never thought were possible. Mm. So I don't know that I want to say that, like, if the retruthing is change is easy, but I want to say something to the tune of change is easeful. Ooh. Um, that, Nifty. yeah, that we need to be thinking about change in terms of, um, again, those incremental steps, um, but it's inevitable. Mm. And, um, and that's exciting. I think there's something empowering about that uh, because it, it gives us the opportunity to really dismantle the rules. There are no rules. Like We're all making it up as we go. So. We are making our own systems and we're putting pause to our own yeah. journeys and oh, absolutely. transformations. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of the things I spend a lot of time thinking about this is like, um, how can we be driving more transformative and deeper change? And consistently, the changes that we're trying to drive externally, we haven't actually taken on internally. Mm -hmm. So what does it look like for us to be transforming ourselves as we're simultaneously transforming the world? That's the most important part. Yeah. Which is, goes back to self-care and like reflecting. Mm -hmm. And we cannot find ourselves in new worlds if yep. we don't make the shift happening inside of us first. Totally. Because it doesn't make sense for us... To I think everything is possible, but we mm -hmm. have to first make it so inevitable mm -hmm. inside. Like, this is the only way I see myself in the future. Yep. I'm not going to make that happen. Yep. So, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're yeah. like bringing magic to my podcast. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> awesome. All right, um, Robert, thank you so much for taking this time. You got it. Thank um, you so much. Any final piece of advice? Let me um, say goodbye. Stay the course uh, and slow down. Great. Thanks. <laughs> All right, thanks again for tuning in and I hope you really do feel empowered to get out there and fight and help save this precious planet. I know some of these facts were just insane, but 
Now when we know them, let's bring some awareness to the table and, you know, make change happen. All right, um, until next time, take care. And if you have a moment over, please head over to Hey Change on iTunes and just rate, review, and subscribe.